In a world that tells us that if you're not happy, you can just change your job, end your relationship, start a new one, have a baby, get a puppy or five. We are constantly facing change in the pursuit of happiness. And yet, deep down, we resist this so much because nobody teaches us how to navigate transitions. Well, I'm here to change that. Join me and my guest every week to find the inspiration and actionable steps to dive into your next great chapter. Let's write it together. Hello, everybody. This week, I have beautiful Bethany Harvey, the author of Dipped In It, a book where she explores the possibility that grief and gratitude can coexist. Bethany, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story about all the chapters of your life and how you managed to navigate out of the grief. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Would you let us know about your story, about how you managed to get deeper into the grief and gratitude connection? Sure. I would start out by saying just that I have always been the kind of person who had sort of a a sunny disposition uh, nickname that I had growing up was Sunshine. And so I always felt like it was sort of my place to always be okay. Um, And so when I found myself unhappy in a marriage, I really felt like it was my responsibility to basically pretend like everything was okay. And so really, no matter how unhappy I got, there were only a couple of very close people to me that I shared about how I was feeling and what was going on. And I think, you know, I was raised in a very traditional family. Uh, my My parents started dating when they were 15 or 16 years old and sort of had some stops and starts through college, uh, but, you know, were married in their early 20s and um, had a, a happy life together. And it wasn't that there was a religious element to you can't get divorced because it's a sin, but it was more you can't get divorced because you made a commitment and you stick to your commitment. And so in my mind, I felt like, well, I made a commitment and I'm staying in this commitment. So I certainly don't want everybody else to know how unhappy I am or how um, unhappy our marriage is because I'm stuck here. So that would be embarrassing for people to know that we weren't happy. So I just put on this facade that everything was fine. We both did and tried marriage counseling several times, tried maybe, I think we went to four different marriage counselors And finally, in our final uh, marriage counseling session, my spouse let me know that he was gay. And what I remember feeling was like a moment of nausea and then just relief because I felt like this is this is it. This is my ticket out of here. It's not my fault. And I can you know, so the very first words that I said after he revealed that was, well, I guess we're getting a divorce. And I think the marriage counselor was sort of bewildered because there was laughter. And I think we were both feeling just this huge release and relief um, that we had been struggling with this for so long. And then it was finally decided. And so she, 
I think didn't really know how to react to us. And then we walked out onto the sidewalk and I remember it was this beautiful October day, just like the day that we were married. And we just sort of checked in about who was picking up the kids and was sort of like, okay, this is what we're doing now. And um, I'm saying he and all of this, but the, the thing that got revealed later on, several years later, after our divorce is that she is actually a transgender woman. So uh, she is married to a woman. So the fact that she is gay is a truth. Um, but uh, there was another step further that she needed to go with her own personal development and comfort with revealing what was really happening within her. So, in that way, the story is a little, it seems a little more unusual, but really the, I think the, the storyline of how things happened, I'm realizing is pretty common. And I think what I would really want people to know is that getting out of a marriage is hard, even if ultimately it's deep down what both of you want. And it takes the time that it takes. And for a while, I was kind of hard on myself that I stayed in a situation for so long that I was unhappy. You know, once I was extricated from it and realized the huge difference that it made in my, I think, emotional health, but also physical health and just my overall existence, really. I mean, when you're in a situation every day that you're unhappy with, and you're kind of beating yourself up about that. It's not good. <laughs> but um, I think that once I got out of it, I thought, well, why didn't I do this sooner? And it's like, I want to just keep reminding myself that it takes the time it takes. And I wasn't ready before. And, and she wasn't ready before. And we kind of had to go through these steps, because I think we both are, or I know we are both very committed parents. We had two young children at the time they were four and six. And so that was very difficult for us, um, feeling like we were failing them. But what I see now with perspective is that we were giving them the gift of seeing their parents happy because eventually, you know, they were so little, but had we carried on much longer, I think that their awareness would have kicked in that this was not a happy environment. And I'm proud that we took the steps that we needed to take to get to a new chapter in our lives. It's so fascinating what you describe the timeline, the emotions, and yes, your situation is unique. And I always think that they're always unique, but there is a similar thread that goes underneath it all. And it's the whole people placing tendencies. We will make this work no matter what, trying everything. I tell sometimes to my clients, like how many more marriage counseling sessions do you need? But we, we keep on trying. We don't want to give up. We have this society. If you do not give up, even though sometimes it's giving in, it's just giving into who you really want to be. Then there is that whole release when finally it's accepted and it's going to happen. 
I love the part that you said about it's going to take the time that it's going to take. I often say, if God hadn't provided a timeline for our pregnancies, we will be delivering babies in a month because we will be done with the process. And it, <laughs> the process is not completed. So it takes as long as it takes. And then the part that also resonated so much with me, and I think that everybody needs to hear is the part about the children because so many women and men going through divorce paralyze themselves and stop the process because they're worried about the children. And it only takes the ones that are on the other side, the ones that were brave and courageous enough to walk that path, to turn around and tell the others, your kids are going to be okay. Mm -hmm. To me, it's very important that during the process and the after, people are aware of how the children receive the interactions but a good divorce is always better than a bad marriage. And I think that we need to keep on sharing this with people because they still don't believe it. It's almost like a unicorn concept. How are my kids going to be okay living in two different houses, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's just logistics. What you said is what really matters. They want you to be happy. They want you to be fulfilled. And sometimes we think, oh, four and six, two and three, they don't understand. Children, their language is emotions and energy. They know way more than we think that they, they are understanding. Sometimes when people wait until they are teenagers or 18 and they leave their home, it's like, whoa, they had to put up with all that energetic load for so long. So I want to thank you for sharing your true, honest experience. And now I would like to ask you, because that's almost like the, the timeline. And now if we could go deeper into the emotions, because obviously this must have been, this wasn't a straight line. It must have been up and down. And how are you feeling in your body? And was grief the most permanent emotion that you had to deal with? So uh, my story is kind of interesting in that way, because I, I think I definitely was processing some grief and um, I, I would actually love to read you a story from my book where I talked about that, but I also was still trying to put up this front, like everything, everything was fine. Everything was okay. So two parts to that one, even though I was so relieved to be getting out of my marriage and I believe my spouse was as well, it was still, it was still hard. It was still very emotional, even though I from walking out the door and never had a second thought about maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. Um, and then just the other, the other thing is just, it is, it is a process. And I still was kind of stuck in the place of I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. And not really wanting to let people into my grief. Um, and I did write my mother a um, that's in my book and I, I'd love to read it to you, but just about, you know, I finally like, you know, she kept asking me if I was okay. And I kept saying I was, I was, I was. And then finally it was just like, okay, here's, here's actually how I feel and how you can help me. And uh, a few years later, I would see four years later, my father passed away unexpectedly. And that was a huge loss for me. And I was very much put into a well of grief. And it was interesting because my, I think my divorce grief and everything that we went through with that came up for me. And, you know, I've learned since then that that's very common, that if you're experiencing a loss or experiencing grief, you often will revisit past grief that maybe you didn't process 
the way that you should have, or you could have. <laughs> so it was sort of like, then I was going through all of these losses at once. And I think part of that was the fact that even though my father was a very, very humble man, he was very much the center of my family. So it was a very, you know, patriarchal home, not in the way that he was controlling in any way, but in that he was the breadwinner and, you know, we just loved seeing him come up through the door at the end of the day. You know, my mother who had been taking care of us all day long was kind of like, Oh, dad's home, you know? And so I think with the loss of my father and the loss of my spouse and the, the tricky additional piece, which was not only did I get divorced from my husband, but then my husband, my ex-husband became my ex-wife, which is a whole different conversation about um, just about gender expectations. And uh, I have very much accepted her as, you know, my ex-wife and, um, you know, my family's all been doing well with that transition, but it does sometimes feel like the death of one person and gaining of another person. So I felt like I had sort of lost all of the masculine in my life, which hit me hard. That is interesting. You're absolutely right. You went from having masculine presence in your life to being gone. And again, often we think that grief is just people who passed away, but there is experiences. And I think that divorce is an experience of total grief and you're grieving the person that you used to love. They're still alive. They're still in your life, but not in the same degree. And you also have to grieve the, the dreams that you had that they are not going to continue. And it's also very interesting that you mentioned how, yeah, you had the release, but then you had the fear because that's the thing. You're not going through a, a roller coaster where it's oh, I just feel sad all the time. There'll be a lot of times that you'll feel rejoiced because you'll be like, oh, I am getting out of this. And at the same time, another heavy emotion will hit you. And then it'll be the fear of, oh, but what am I going to do? And then there'll be excitement of, I can do whatever I want. So it really feels like you're just being shaken up and you don't know where you're going to end up. How did you, and I know that your story started with a gratitude journal and then it evolved, but how did you feel that you could find a stable ground to move through all these ups and downs and ups and downs and contradictory emotions without thinking that you were going crazy. <laughs> I definitely thought I was going crazy. <laughs> we all do. There's no without, there's no without. Um, so, hmm, it was a long process. And I, I think that um, all of these things happened one at a time in terms of our timeline we got divorced. And then a couple of years later, um, my spouse came out as transgender and, um, really that was a much easier transition than one would think. Um, my children have had no issue with it. And, um, of all of the struggles that we've had, um, through our divorce and post marriage times that that has not been something that's been a significant factor, um, but it was an adjustment. And, and then my father passing away. And then about uh, eight months after that, my mother was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. So it was just sort of this like rapid fire 
uh, it's, it was about every, I don't know, <laughs> every nine to 18 months, some kind of upheaval happened. And through that, I was adjusting to being a single parent. I had my kids about 80% of the time and I was running a business. So it was a lot. I mean, I guess I kept my head above water by staying busy um, and then eventually realized that I needed to just process it all. And that came about kind of in a funny way. As you mentioned, I just found myself after a couple of months after my father passed away, just in this deep well of grief. And I felt like if I was grieving this heavily, I wasn't being grateful because I wasn't taking into consideration all of the things that I had going for me, my wonderful family, my home, my job, all these things. And I felt like if I'm still two whole months after my father passed in this deep well, which I recognize now as silly, but um, I, I really felt like I must be the most ungrateful person in the world because I wasn't moving through the grief as quickly as I thought I should be. And so what I decided to do was to go online and tell everybody that I was going to do a gratitude post every day for a year. And this was my way of, I guess, proving to myself that I was grateful. And also in, in hindsight, I recognized that I was also trying to skip over the grief by going right to the gratitude piece. If I just am grateful, then I don't have to deal with how I'm feeling. So I did that for maybe about a week and it felt completely disingenuous and hollow. And so I decided to just start writing about how I really felt. And that's when I really started to delve into my grief and how I was really feeling and to risk not being the person that was okay all the time and to really show my true broken, vulnerable self. And that's how I, how I dug myself out of it. And then you wrote your book after that. So my book, uh, is a collection of stories from what I was writing online during that year. So I really did write um, almost every day for a year. But instead of writing a gratitude post every day, I just wrote about whatever I was feeling that day. And um, you know, while I was in the process of doing that, I started gaining a lot of followers and they kept suggesting to me that I wrote a book. And I was just trying to keep my head above water at the time. And Then at the end of it all, I thought, you know, I actually did write a book. <laughs> so, so my book is a collection of stories that I wrote over a year um, after my father passed. And so it's about grief. It's about navigating grief. And then I wove in my divorce because I recognized that there was grief there as well. And um, many of the same emotions As you said, it's it's the death of a marriage. It's the death of a life you thought you were going to have. It's the death of the life you thought your children were going to have. And um, yeah, so in the end, that that's my book, is how I navigated the year after my father's death and then weaving in um, the other parts of our story, um, my divorce and my spouse coming out as transgender and, and my mother's cancer. And I will say, <laughs> I have to add, it's a very funny book. 
and I'm not just saying that <laughs> most, a lot of people who have read the book have said they were surprised that they laughed so much and they went from kind of belly laughing to crying and back to belly laughing. And so I want people to know that even though it's very heavy subject matter, there's a lot of humor and levity in it as well. Um, I love it. Would you mind part, a big part of me? Good. Would you mind sharing with us that um, excerpt that you said you wanted to read from the book about your mom, so our listeners have a chance to see the beauty that you put down in writing? Sure. And for everybody listening, we'll let you know at the end where you can find the book. But the title is "Dipped in It." <laughs> okay. So this is a letter um, that I wrote to my mother after my divorce. So I sort of wove this into the story later. Um, the thing about divorce, so this is a precursor to the letter. The thing about divorce is even when it's absolutely what a couple wants, it's never what they wanted. Divorce is in a way a death. The more I navigate death and loss, the more this rings true. Divorce is the death of the life you thought you'd have with the person you thought you'd have it with. You may miss the physical presence of that person in your life, in your home. Even if the newfound space between you brings relief, you grieve the loss of the version of them you stood with at the altar. You mourn the person to whom you made a promise you can no longer keep. And so, just as with the loss of a loved one, in divorce we grieve. We struggle to find our footing in a new reality. We rebuild. After my separation, my mother struggled with how to help me. One night, I sat down and wrote her a letter. I think whether you're dealing or reading it through the lens of death or of divorce, it will resonate. Loss is loss. Dear mom, last night I really fell apart, retching, uncontrollable sobbing to where I was afraid I might wake the girls, but I had to let it come. In a way, it was a welcome release, a surrender to some deep pain. I feel alone. I know I'm not alone in the sense that I have so many people who love me, who want to support me, but at the same time, I am alone. It is me and me alone who needs to rebuild her life. This divorce, this death of a life I thought I would have is a grieving process that I need to navigate in my own way. And I feel the weight. I feel the enormous weight of making this situation, this death, okay for my girls. They are grieving too. I have to walk the line of being human and honoring my feelings while projecting, no, being solid, being reliable, being okay. It is hard, exhausting work. I know that you love me. I know that you're trying to support me and I'm sure it's painful for you because you're not sure how. As I lay in bed, I thought about this. What does it mean to support me? What does that look like to me? Who or what has been the most helpful to me in these past few months? What gestures have meant the most? Here's what came to me and I thought I'd share. Checking in, even when it seems like the effort is one-sided. I may not want to talk. I often don't. But it has meant a lot when people call, text, Facebook, email, just to say I'm here without putting any pressure on me or placing any unnecessary meaning on whether I respond, when I respond, or the extent to which I respond. I might not answer the phone. I might respond to a message with a simple and admittedly unsatisfying, okay, or thank you. But knowing you were thinking of me means so much. Asking me to do something, getting me out of the house, but not being hurt if I say no. Offering again, even when I said no the last time and the time before that, not taking it personally. 
being okay with not knowing the details. I'm still processing a lot. I have a lot of inner dialogues. I don't always want to talk about it. Understanding that there may be people other than you that I choose to confide in and not taking it personally. Knowing that it isn't that I trust them more or love them more, but perhaps their own personal experiences make them better able to relate to what I'm going through. Listening without judgment or unsolicited advice when it all pours out. Understanding that I might be happy, joyful even one day, hour, minute, second, and be utterly paralyzed with grief and fear the next, rolling with it. Letting me be selfish, not mean, but literally selfish. I know that divorce is not the hardest thing anyone has ever endured. It may not be the hardest thing someone you know is enduring right now. But for me, in this moment, life is hard. It's confusing. It is at once excruciating and full of hope and possibility and frightening and so very visceral. Give me a margin of error, a wide one. Let me fail to make time for people outside of my daily water treading. Let me fail to return phone calls. Let me forget things. Let me get defensive. Let me get sad and angry and giddy. Give me a pass just for a little while. I'm surviving one day at a time. So beautiful. And yeah, one day at a time. That's mm -hmm. usually the mantra that I suggest to people. Just one day at a time, just rise up in the morning and everything will be figured out. But I love how you express everything. I love the part of our support. For anybody going through grief and pain and loss, and I think this book is incredible. So I thank you, Bethany, for putting it out in the world. And for everybody that wants to find it, where can they find it? So uh, thank you very much for that, first of all. And um, they can find it on online, Amazon, barnesandnoble.com. They can also walk into their local um, bookstore and ask them to order it. It's available to bookstores. They would know how to look it up online. So if you'd like to support your local bookseller, you can do that. But yes, it is available uh, through Amazon and, and Barnes and & Noble and Target, other online book retailers. Perfect. We'll put the link on the notes. And also, if people want to find you, where can they find you, Bethany? So I am on, uh, on Facebook. I have a page called Dipped in It, uh, the same title as the book. And then on Instagram, I'm Bethany Harvey author. And I also have a website, which is dippedinit.com. Fantastic. Uh, Plenty of ways to contact you. Yeah. And if you wouldn't mind answering the two questions that I ask all my guests, which is the first one is, where do you see your next great chapter? So, well, it's been a very exciting experience for me to have published my book. It's something that I never really imagined I would do. So um, my next great chapter currently has been um, as an author and having that experience. Um, I think my other next great chapter, I hope, is to be uh, open to love again. I have not remarried. And um, I don't know if I will remarry technically, but um, I'm starting to get open to the idea of sharing my life with someone again. So I hope that will be part of my next chapter. 
Beautiful. And do you have any ideas of what the world's next great chapter is? Ooh, that's a tricky one right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> I started um, the podcast when, in the middle of the pandemic thinking, well, we're just going through this. It's going to be a short time. And we're still going through so much turmoil. And everybody's like, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And then war and all of the... Um, the harm that's being done to the transgender um, and non-binary community in our own country. Sorry, that makes me emotional. Mm. Um, yeah. I think that we are all, have been and continue to be in a state of collective grief. Mm. And as hard as my grief has been, it has been fertile ground, I think for my greatest um, it's been my greatest challenge and also my greatest teacher. And so my hope is that we collectively in the world are going to come out of this period of great grief changed and hopeful and better. Yeah, very often we have to go through these breakdowns in order to break through and it is too that these last two years have just been so emotionally intense and heavy and what we're talking about the roller coaster it's just been for everybody like you didn't have to choose to go through a divorce everybody was going through the uncertainty the fear the anxiety the grief and yeah hopefully we are learning the lessons I feel that there are many of us who kind of went through it a little bit before this situation through our own life experiences. Mm -hmm. And then we're able to learn the lessons, put them in writing so we can help others. So I feel like that's what you were doing, you know, being like leading the way out of grief and, and all those really intense emotions, which up until this point, we only experience it sporadically. And now it seems like a daily occurrence. So I am so grateful that you managed to train your pain into a purpose and that is now helping other people. I love um, what you read to us from your book. And I hope that everybody that is going through some interesting trouble times can find relief in your book. So Bethany, thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Olga. And to everybody, I will see you next week. Aloha. Hey, if you're passionate about helping others move to the next chapter and want to join one of the fastest growing industries, I would like to invite you to my upcoming training to become a certified holistic divorce coach. Just head over to olganadal.com and click on the Holistic Divorce Institute tab. I can't wait to meet you inside the program.